I just hope that he can believe his own hype, that he can love himself. I hope that this year he has a lot of sex, like more sex than he's ever had. <laughs> you know, Hello, welcome to Grown-Ass Fandom. We have a very full show today. We're going to be celebrating JK, we're going to be celebrating Megan, and we're going to reverse things this week because we're going to start with the fun, like, fresh, kind of happy stuff, and then we'll leave the draggings for the end. The billboard conversation will put last so that if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to listen to it. You can just skip that part because if, if you're somebody who is offended by the billboard article, you're probably not going to love what I have to say. But you know what? This actually reminds me of something. I was this week has been kind of like really interesting to me because I had like this big revelation around my relationship with my work in grown-ass fandom and stuff like that and how I was really letting you know when you like have stuff that you're really naturally good at like you're really good at it and it feels like it's meant for you you feel a lot of shame around that or you feel like you don't deserve it and so you become really characteristically fragile and that's what happened to me is that like I was becoming this person until like really recently like literally today where I like had this real revelation that just like was just like meeker than I am and was like apologizing more than I needed to and was doing all this like stuff because I felt like I had to be nice in certain ways in order to have people accept me accept my point of view stuff like that and so I just I just want to like let people know who are experiencing that, that like you are worthy because you are. There's a bunch of people out there who are doing way less than I know that you are doing and are getting way more because they believe that they deserve it. You know, I've encountered so many old white men in my life who were about as qualified as my dog. And they had so much money and so many accolades and so much stuff simply because they believe that they deserve it. And so I feel like for myself, I'm going to start acting like I deserve all this. And because I just had let, I know you get this, right? Like you just let things slide. You're too nice you're overly accommodating, you're nervous. And then like, and then like I couldn't release content because I was so in my head and I was just like always nervous to like, even like go into spaces that I created and like all this other stuff where I was just letting everybody else dictate how I could feel about myself because of this feeling of kind of not feeling worthy or deserving of something that I created and built for myself by myself I'm not doing that shit anymore like I'm truly not doing that shit anymore I feel like in my older age I've mellowed out but I've overcorrected and I've really lost track of the bad bitch like the pit bull that I used to be because I'm a reformed like I'm a reformed pitbull right like I'm just somebody well let's not be there's a lot of honestly every pitbull I've ever met is really really nice I'm a reformed chihuahua as in like I am somebody who used to go off 
at the like I'm you know cancer cancer sun virgo rising libra like would literally pop off on people and stuff like that and I'm not gonna pop off now of course but just like knowing that I'm worthy that I'm like that I should be respected and that I don't really give a shit what people think about how I do things and that trusting that if I am me and I'm consistent in being me and I stay true to myself, that I'm going to kind of get the results that I'm after as long as I can stay true to that and be consistent and be in integrity and all that stuff. So I just share that in case you've been going through something similar, if there's something that you want to do and you're realizing that they're like, and you're kind of acting outside of your character because you feel like you don't deserve it or it comes to you too easily or it's whatever. Don't do that shit. You deserve it. You deserve it. And don't let anybody step on you. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't deserve it. Don't let anybody push you around or take over your space or kind of uh, take ownership over how you should exist in the world or how you should talk or how you should whatever. You just do you you do you. And this isn't like, it's not one incident or whatever. It's literally something that I think had been brewing with, with me over the last couple months. And it like came to a head recently. And now I feel, feel like I'm on the other end and I have, I'm ready to take back control of everything. So again, I share that, say it could even happen to me. It could happen to you. It happened to anybody, but I'm on your side. You can do this. Okay. That's enough of that. Let's talk about Megan. Yeah. So the buttery mix is out by Megan. The stallion. She's my, so I am, a, like I said, I'm an army hottie. I love Megan. It has been so, because I'm about to drag, <laughs> I'm going to drag army later, but I'm going to compliment them and hype them up. I really enjoyed seeing army come together to support Megan to kind of gather around her and that her seat of see the like amazing the amazing parts of army and how they can be the most supportive ride or die people in the world and you can tell how she was like taken aback by kind of having that level of support it was just like a really good example of how special army can be (laughs) and how their devotion and love and generous hearts that can extend to other people is like really one of the best things about army in the context of what they do and it was just like so cool to see her being celebrated by army like her kind of changing her profile and everything with army it just was like cool and it just was like fun to see and i just want more like i just want the best for megan i think she's such an amazing talented artist and she has a lot that she wants to do and she's just starting and she's already had so much success and despite like all of the awfulness around her what she's been able to do is incredible so i love her and i really appreciate army for kind of giving her such a warm happy welcome and supporting her and like the the hundred thousand dollar thing like it's just really great it's really really great the remix itself is the best collaboration they've ever had because usually the artists are kind of like on the end or they're at the beginning or there's like fit into the song a little bit last minute even though i like boy with love but you know Halsey's not really in that song you know what I mean like her addition is not like she's her presence is not big within the song and with Nikki even though her her verse is iconic it's amazing it's isolated to one part of the song when she shows up that's her first appearance in the song and what makes the Megan remix so amazing is because she's all through the song and this is like a point that many people have made is that it just seems like she really listened to the song and it wasn't like, oh, give us this thing and send it back that she really listened to it and was like, here's where I think I can add in here. I want to do my ad libs. I want to feel like it's as much as my song as it is their song. And so what's cool about it is that how that's how it is. Like it really feels it's both of their song in a way. She's just as much as on it as that. And I think she has more lines. I love her rap. I think that She's amazing, but like what took me to the stratosphere is when she went in with Sugar, 
like I literally ascended. I was like screaming. I was screaming. And it was like so nice because I had been so frustrated with the billboard conversation before that. Or was it before? Oh, God, time. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was before because I was like, can we please stop talking about this? Because I just want to focus on Megan. I think the remix is fantastic. I think that it's such a good moment for both BTS and for Megan. For Megan, it introduces her to an international audience. There was like some really cute notes from like the the Chinese fans and the Korean fans calling her Ani. It was just like, oh, it's just like, it's just like really sweet. And just like showing how she can be an international audience. This also, this whole thing is I'm now obsessed with Megan being Hybe's first sort of high their first original signing and I'm about to like lay it out (laughs) let me lay it out so sorry that's my dog shaking so the thing about Hybe is that they've done all this buying and stuff like that but everybody's just sitting there and the big kind of like the big acquisitions which is Justin sorry Justin Demi and what's her name (laughs) oh my god ponytail Holy shit not me for ariana oh my god i forgot ariana grande's name ariana are all artists that are kind of like have peaked career-wise and so they've kind of are in a zone of plateau or they're going to go down i would say over time because they have like pretty long careers but the thing about megan is that she's fresh she's new her career is only going to go up from here and the fact that like this lawsuit showed how grossly she's been mismanaged and the fact that she's been mismanaged to such a high degree and is still winning like this is just like a really good indicator that she would be a really good fit for Hybe. I think the other thing is that like if you follow her on Instagram uh, she has these little videos about like she's just fun and she does stuff with her dog and like she is I think she could easily fit into the Hybe personality system. I think a lot of times, you know, okay, one of the things, one of my favorite quotes from the article is they talked about like whether we would know or not if other artists are willing to put as much energy into communicating with their fans as Megan did. I'm sorry, as BTS does. And Megan was like, retweeting a lot of the edits and stuff she's like very very appreciative she was in there and stuff like that and so I just think that she would totally do a game show I think she would totally like decorate a room and do that stuff I think she would think it was really fun and interesting I think that applying the high like and then especially when we get into some of the like business that we've learned in the billboard article like applying some of that putting her on weavers like all this stuff I just think that she would do a really really good job I think that, you know, I don't think that they would be producing music for her, but if they did, I think they would have a really good vision for how to open her music up even more to wider audiences. I know that like a lot of their music making process lately is about thinking about what songs are going to go viral on TikTok and stuff like that. And so I think that like, like she would have a unique opportunity to like expand and like deepen and all this other stuff. And so I that is my case for Megan joining Hybe. And I know that she can't, like, because, you know, she's under Rock Nation. And if Rock Nation could have gotten her out of her record deal, they would have. But, and then Rock Nation and Hybe, I mean, listen, it's the devil and the devil. But in this case, it's like, you know, if you have to, like, invest in, like, late stage capitalism, why not? Why not Megan, right? I wanted to have all the money in the world. So, like I said, I love the remix. Of course, I have qualms. So I wanted to say, like, not with her or the song. I think it's beautiful. Like, it's amazing. Like, I have become streaming army. At one point, I was just listening to it over and over again because there's just so many notes and flavor to each thing. Like, the co- smooth, like, cocoa butter. There's just, like, so many amazing notes to it. And, like, hot. So good. And she's just all over that song. And so I hope she feels really proud of it. There's, like, a couple of, like, things that disappointed me with the community, of course. I think one was, like, the the expect okay <laughs> here we go the expectation that oh my god did you guys hear that I have this ice maker that my parents got when they were staying here when I was in Korea and it's so loud so I'm sorry about that if you heard it <laughs> okay 
So one of the expectations that I saw, and this was not just, this was, this was a lot of this from the, was from the black community, um, but it was other people too, was that they were expecting for Megan to come on and be explicit on that song. And I just think that that is fucked up. There's already a big issue with black women in music, especially dark skinned black women, not being able to express anything other than real intense sexuality to be seen or heard in any type of way and so her being able to expand and explore her lyricism in a non-explicit way is a really cool gift and it's a really awesome thing it's really based in this desire that people have for bts as a whole to be like more sexually explicit in the way that they talk about things you know from back in the past they want that because like I said it's the sexuality and like the recognition of sexuality that people really uh, crave with BTS and like I said we won't unpack that too much and so making that Megan's responsibility to bring that kind of hot girl cursing sexually explicit energy to the song is just not it it's just not it and we have to like really think about our biases before we say things again like i said if you want bts to be more sexual and you want them to talk about like blowing your back out you need to bring that up with kim namjoon and be like kim namjoon where's my blowing my back out music that's what i want and i think it's like part of it is like what i've talked about before which is like the the kind of like k-pop black women connection where and it's it is and it's oh it like it kind of squeaks me out because i think one of like like i said the big thing that people always kind of come to is like that clip with bts and normani which like, she was expressing herself sexually there's just all this, this expectation and all that stuff and so like that let's not do let's like let's just like watch it and like if if Megan wants to kind of go explicit on the track, she can. If not, she doesn't have to. And then, like, when it comes to her track, there, again, is this exception of this this, this expectation of, like, oh, she had to be, like, safe. But when she gets on the other track, it could be whatever. And that's true. Like, when it's her track, she can be as sexy as she wants. I just don't want that to be something that she has to do or feels obligated to do and that she should be able to express herself in any way she wants and expand her audience and expand her reach. She's already being exposed to the Asian market, which seems, which is, tends to be very anti everything she is. She's tall, she's black, she's thick. And so she's already having to probably be exposed to abuse and a lot of like negative comments because of that. And so adding that on to like, and then like we saw this conversation within ARMY because there was a lot of people that were like, it was just like so ridiculous, which is so ridiculous. That was like, a BTS's music isn't like that. And it's <laughs> later on, I'm going to like introduce this topic called like a BTS's God Babies. Where <laughs> ARMY like refers to them like literally i'll explain it later but yeah like the god babying of them and so like they're like there was a couple of tweets and stuff that were saying that like are like megan is a bad influence she's gonna make the song sexy that's not what they're about it's like the sexualization conversation it just like is not is not there does not make sense does not compute so having her being exposed to that while also kind of adding this this factor of like oh she will have to be the sexual source and the force of the song like maybe you listen to that and you're like shanae you're looking too much into it but i do think like i said as somebody who like deals with a lot of the like the sexual like the fetish like the fetishizing of black women especially dark-skinned black women and the expectations of being a dark-skinned black woman what that holds like even when i was in korea i encountered it so that's why i just feel like i'm very protective over this experience of megan being able to express herself in however she wants and not having to feed into this idea or being a sexual being sexual if she doesn't want to yeah okay so it's JK's birthday as you're listening to this. And to celebrate, I thought we would do like a little JK game. So I have a couple of questions that I would love for you guys to answer. I'm going to be posting it on my Patreon and then my Discord. But like reach out to me and let me know what your answers are. I might do a graphic. We'll see how this thing goes. Uh, but so I have a couple questions to celebrate JK. I guess first some words about JK and his past year. I think that obviously like JK's the best, right? Like he's just such an uh we don't okay, obviously we don't know the BTS members who they really are, but from what 
he's shown me. He is somebody who seems to have like a really good heart and seems to sort of like be opening himself up and sharing himself with people on a bigger scale. I truly cannot wrap my my head around being perceived at that level. Something that I was saying on my Instagram one day is like, what is it like to be arguably the most desired person in the world? I don't think there is anybody more desired than he is right now. Like I would love some like contenders, but as far as like scope, audience, at the time of recording this he had a live that had 20 million well probably not 20 million people because people were on multiple devices but a lot of people on it and he just has so much energy coming towards him and I just hope that he is well I hope that he is well mentally and physically there were a couple of moments this year where I was a little worried or concerned about him obviously he's an adult and he's capable of taking care of himself and knowing what's good for himself and I'm going to trust that but you know one of the questions we have I'll just answer now is like what do we wish for JK in this new year and I just wish for him to really embrace the message of his music and love himself because you know when we talk about what's the text text right one of the things that I'm going to talk about later is how a lot of times we editorialize uh, BTS and I'm going to start stop trying to do that <laughs> in some ways. But for JK, he's always been very clear and straightforward about his insecurities that he has and his struggles in that area. And so my wish for JK for this year is that he uh, understands and really embraces how special of a person he is, how happy he makes people. And I know that Again, I can't ever seek to begin to fully understand what it's like. I can't even handle my little bit of energy that I have coming towards me. Like I literally just had a breakdown over over being somebody that people perceive and judge and have opinions about, which is something that, I mean, I'm not going to go off of myself, but yeah, it's like something that like, that's like fucking intense and it can rattle the strongest of us it rattles me and so the fact that he is so young and seems so professional and like like I said kind and all that I just hope that he can believe his own hype that he can love himself I hope that this year he has a lot of sex like more sex than he's ever had (laughs) in his life and all the pleasure that he could want in his life, that he eats all the food that he could ever want, that he experiences everything that he wants. I just want him to like have just like such a like rich, lush life full of experience and pleasure and fun. That's what I want for him. So that's my JK wish. And so let me know what your JK wish is. And then also let's get into these questions. Okay. So the first question is, what is your favorite JK hair? Okay. So for a while, obviously this was lot lot. I'm just going to call it LC. So the LC 2019 was my favorite hair and I still love it. And obviously LC is like going to be my answers for a lot of these because you guys know how I feel about that version of JK. Also PS. My JK period is hella late, hella late, like by a week. And I don't know what that means. Like, am I pregnant? (laughs) What's going on? But it's like gone. And like, even during the live this morning, should we talk about the live? Yes, we'll talk about the live after this. Even like the live this morning, I thought it was good. Like he was, and he was totally shooting for the fences. He was giving us a lot of material to work with. And I just was like, oh, I'm like a soft stand now. I think it's emotional distress. <laughs> but oh god, where did I? Where did I lose myself? Okay, yeah. So, but my favorite hair is Japan. It's the Japan. What's it called? What is it called, y'all? The junket hair. So you know, his hair was like short. It was like it's absolute shortest. It was like right after butter, and this was when. He was wearing the purple. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I will have visual proof that I will put somewhere. It was like half 
purple half white and then he also had like this v net and one it was one so i think they did this all on one day right and so the v neck and then god this would be great if this was a visual podcast <laughs> uh so it's like a v and it's like half purple half white right and his hair it was like kind of like clark kent superman hair kind of and i know that people were saying that he looked like nightwing and I am very attracted to you guys know who Nightwing is. He's a, he's a superhero. I'm very attracted to him. So yes, he did look like that. And so it's just like a Clark Kentian, but like shorter undercut. So it was that. And then there was another event, both of the Japanese events, his hair at that length is amazing. It's just incredible. There's something, there's just something very attractive about his hair at this length. I think it ages him a little bit and he seemed to really like it. So that is my pick for best hair. I know that seems like a little like out of the ordinary and I know that people like the blonde, like what do people like? The the black permed hair is still really, really good, but there's just, you know, we have to move on. There's something like very powerful, very evolutionary about the hair when it's that length and it's like that you know what I'm saying okay so that's the first question is my favorite hair and yes it was BTS the best era hair during their Japanese sort of press junkets okay what is your favorite most powerful Jungkook era I like airplane part two I think if you followed my tiktok you know how shocked and amazed I was by Airplane Part 2 and his presence in it. It's one of those things where I talked about this early on in my podcast, distinguishing between sexual performance and sexuality and how it really gets blurred with uh, K-pop idols because of their kind of requirement is to be sexy on command and they started very young. And JK was just like oozing with sex appeal. He had the his performance in the video was that but then even like his his performance when they did it live with when he was wearing the white suit he just was like oozing the sex appeal and amazingness so I feel like that is my favorite like sexiest JK era like the official one I would say that like I also really like him in on era I feel like he like his high note and everything that was like another era that I really liked I feel like these I feel like these answers are out of the ordinary and like you guys would not agree with these. He just was like very self-assured in Airplay Part 2 and he just seemed like, I don't know, he just seemed to be really feeling himself. Okay, my favorite stage look. So a lot of these are, I'm I'm trying to like recently and also like I'm new army. So I don't have like a ton of reference points when I'm thinking about the things I like. There's so much content, but I really liked his post digita idol fit, like the shirt with the holes in it, the crop top and the pants, because yes, he was feeling it. I think that, you know, a lot of times there is this, he's gotten like the chest agenda and I think the chest agenda is fine, but I feel like it's kind of like once you see it so many times, it's like, okay, yes. His, okay, what am I talking about? You can see it's just whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, what I really liked about that is that it felt new and fresh and it just fit him so well. He was feeling himself in that fit. You can tell he really, really loved it. And it looked good on stage. It showcased his tattoos for the first time, and I really, really liked it. Uh, speaking of tattoos, of the tattoos that you can see, what is your favorite one? I like his Mandela tattoo on his elbow. I think it looks really good. I really like that one. It seems to be really well done. Also, I think there are clouds on the inside of his bicep. Those look good, too, because you know how I feel about his tattoos, but I really like the Mandela on his elbow, and yeah, it's just really well made, and... Let's see. My favorite hard stand moment, 2019 Logic Hit. And you know what? People will challenge me on this. And we've already had this discussion about why I like 2019 better than even Muster 2021. And I feel like this is reductive for me to say. And I need to like move on from 2019 JK. But like, I think again, like the way we measure them against each other is what material do we get? What is the... How, like how do we keep the 
editors at work and active for the next three years like this one did and are we going to see edits for the next two to three years for this i don't know i don't think we have enough angles we will see we will see my favorite soft stand moment so my favorite soft stand moment is episode 97 of of run bts and basically his whole presence that episode it was the pajama party episode and he was just like so giggly and cute and soft and the fact that i was even able to conjure anything for this just shows how much i'm changing like literally am i evolving or devolving it's hard to say it's what is it alfred my dog is like looking at me it's just really really cute and i love it so i really love that episode uh, speaking of, oh my gosh, can you imagine I'm saying so much soft stand stuff? What is your favorite JK tiny habit? This one's easy. I love when he sort of like gets mad at his food. As I've said many times, the things that me and JK have the most in common is our passion for eating, our real sort of vigor and love of the edible, the edible, <laughs> the edibles of life. <laughs> so i just love it when he he did it on his live today too where he's just like mm, oh and he's like angry <laughs> by the way that live you know that moment i'm talking about are we going to talk about the live right now no we'll talk about it later but we'll talk about this very specific moment when he was like eating the cake and he's like mm, and he's like mm, and then he like does mm, and he like raises his eyebrows interesting somebody's been perusing the <laughs> the moan audios of himself or the whatever he must have seen everything because he kind of understands there's a lot of that in the live and i didn't haven't even seen full of the live will i see all this live i don't know two and a half hours is a big commitment that's basically like a harry potter film but it's just like him chilling and sitting and i appreciate jk as much as the next person but that's a that's a big ask in my current life economy maybe when i'm painting oh guys p.s guys i was really stressed and so i got paint by numbers because i felt like it was gonna like make me feel better and whoa is it my new favorite activity like truly it's like a puzzle but less frustrating does the picture look anything like the image? No, but it's about the journey that counts. <laughs> so yeah, so my favorite habit is when he is, I like, I also like his laugh. I think it's really great, but I really, really love his, when he frowns at his food. Okay, so what kind of okay my favorite solo song of course is my time i've talked way too much about my time so i won't talk about it here what i want to see so my biggest desire is a sexy r&b track that is literally about how he feels about being desired so much that is like what i want not like a pied piper or whatever but just something about relishing in the affection and the intensity and the love and the lust of army is what's his relationship to it what's his relationship to, okay because we're gonna talk, okay we're gonna talk later about like billboard and the questions we wanted to ask we want to ask and the question i'm dying for people to ask is like what what is and they'll never answer it right is like how does being desired and perceived on such a big scale affect your interpersonal relationships especially when it comes to romantic relationships they're not going to answer that because they're not but i just am so curious of like what is it like to engage with jk when he is perceived on such a big level and is lusted over at a big level and like whenever i encounter like celebrities randomly and stuff like that and the energy it depends like i know that like from stories from some friends they talk about how like they are very withdrawn and like they hate it it makes them feel really anxious some relish in it like it's just really interesting so i want to i would love to know uh, what is JK's relationship with all of this and how does he feel about the nature of how people feel about him and that lust so I would love a song like that <laughs> is that a lot to ask from a song but I think that's it that is the JK tag happy birthday JK you're not gonna hear this but wishing you the best you deserve everything about the live I think the thing that I guess is biggest about the live is that like it was really really long and 
he seems to, like I said, be really opening himself up to being, oh, the biggest, like, oh my God. When he started saying that he was making a song live, I was like, wow, like he is definitely not as shy as I thought. As a fellow creative person, I write, of course, and watching him go through the process of making that song, I related to on such a deep foundational level like at my core I resonated with it because I totally know what it's like to be kind of trying to create something you're just like ah and you're like you're listening for something specific when you write a script you're listening for you're listening for it like for the way like your the way that you want your body to react when you respond to it and you like can't describe it but you know it when you hear it And so watching JK go through that process, that creative process with himself was, I thought it was just like really brave. I was like, look at him. Like, like he's really doing it. He's really going for it. He's doing this live. It was just like a very brave, very sweet thing to do. And obviously he was singing. I thought the paradise thing was so funny about how we've, everybody's been, uh, me too. You know, paradise is one of my favorite top five. BTS songs the message of course is one that I resonate with very deeply and he was just like what's that so funny it just kind of shows the kind of gap in between things and stuff so I just thought that was really fascinating but yeah I will I see the whole live who knows but those are like my overall thoughts on it like the little specific moments of course the Hobie appearance Hobie is just like the best how like do I get on here and talk about how much I'm obsessed with Hobie how much I love him how much he deserves the world how everything he wants he should get at any time how he's just like the most perfect perfect human on the planet like how many times do I have to talk about this like I love Hobie he always shows up for people the way he was like standing at the the door waiting for it to turn 12 and the joy and happiness in their faces and the fact that he spoiled something oh speaking of what do you think he spoiled so it seems like it was a dance it was like a little jig type thing I was like what the fuck is that what are you doing what you doing Hobie Hobster and yes it was just like a great live I will probably just like listen to it in chunks over the next four years of my life I suppose but it'll take, I just I'm glad that he got comfort from it I hope that he's having a great birthday I hope he's like like I said having a lot of fun indulging in all the pleasures that he desires and I just want the best for him and like I'm so happy so yeah give me your answers let me know what you think I'm excited to explore this and to hear how I was wrong about these different options and yeah let's let's move on what else uh stan 17 i've been watching in the soup i love 17 it's such a relaxing comfortable way to stand like i just feel really relaxed it's like uh standing a girl group in that way oh also lisa has her debut coming up which is really fucking cool i'm very excited for it but yeah watch 17 in the soup it's really fun their dynamics i think maybe next week i'll kind of do a comparison between the groups and like the dynamics and the things i've noticed i think i did that with got seven at one point because at this point i only have my only alt groups are you know black pink bts got seven and i think i'm becoming a carrot i'm pretty sure i am and so i would add them to my list and so with all of them i tend to like compare them to each other and stuff like that and think about the strategy 17 is especially very interesting because they are so when i was on tiktok the other day i was watching a tiktok that talks about sales and who are the top selling artists and 17 is number three so it's bts of course exo and then it's 17 and then it's nct dream so they're very very popular and i think that if they were on another in another company they'd be the star star of the company but they're label mates with bts but they're very big like i didn't realize the 17 was so popular i imagine like there's a lot of carrots in korea i suppose and the the really interesting thing about 17 as well 
is that they uh, already kind of break into units and stuff like that and create songs. SM does that a lot. So what SM does is like a lot of their artists kind of break into like little smaller units and whatever. And so 17 does that as well. So they're very much prepared for the E word, I would say. Uh, That's going to be, I want their age distribution is pretty close though, but there's so many of them. They probably are going to just split them in half. I have a lot of questions. So Stan 17. Oh, the Lucas thing. Oh, maybe I'll do uh, OnlyFans about the Lucas situation. If you guys know about the Lucas situation, Lucas from Wavy, he was recently caught in the middle of a scandal around him kind of like uh, gaslighting his fans or dating his fans or something like that. There's a lot of interesting aspects to that story. And I don't know how much to report on with that story because a lot of it is just like murky. But my friend translated it for me, who speaks Korean. Uh, a lot of the tea that's like the di- the, the if you really want the real K-pop tea, you need to learn Korean because that's where all the tea gets spilled. I think I saw a list of the top fifty idols, and he was like twelve or thirteen, or so. He's very very popular. He's one of the more popular members of NCT. And so the fact that he was experiencing a lot of like basically talking about like the loneliness and sadness and emptiness that I guess I'll cover next week as an idol, I think is fascinating. Um, because if he has to like use all these weird means of meeting people, then what does it mean for all the other idols? In addition to that, it's yeah, like why isn't he not just dating other idol so there's like a really interesting there's a lot of interesting things to unpack around that it's really fascinating so I guess we'll talk about that next week and yeah okay so it's time to talk about this billboard article uh (laughs) what the fuck what the fuck oh my god listen Okay, so let me first say that I am very sympathetic to ARMY being offended by this article. I understand why you're offended by this article because if you're a BTS fan, you have been ingrained with this mission, this like purpose, which is to help BTS navigate and take over the west and to succeed and to do so against impossible forces of xenophobia and all that stuff and i know that there is a lot of army whose reality was very close to that at some point where they were trying to send dj's flowers and beg people to have bts on the radio and so when you see an article that includes includes the idea of chart manipulation it fe- and then and then also not only does it kind of say something about chart manipulation but it really kind of says that as an army member you're participating in something or there's an idea out there that you're participating in something that could be wrong and that your methods for getting BTS to number one are somehow wrong. And so you're reacting to that. And then you're also reacting to this idea that, you know, they talk to Stan accounts about what BTS ARMY does. And again, why would you talk to Stan accounts? And that point I agree with. I don't know why those Stan account quotes were there. I don't think that they were helpful in any way and while I believe I guess I'm giving a hint as to what my perspective is on the article I believe that we got some really good stuff on the record that we have never heard before from BTS the article could have been written better it could have been more compelling there's a lot of things that it's not an article that I think is like the most amazing thing in the world which is why like having to talk about it in the way that I'm about to talk about it is kind of annoying because it's like (laughs) it's like you're what is it like 
you're like defending it's like i guess how people who are like really really left-leaning felt about advocating for joe biden even though he's like very much a centralist but they're like we got to get trump out of office i feel like I'm, i'm talking a lot about politics in this episode i feel like that's my position about this but like i said for before like i start giving my points i just want to reiterate that i understand why are an arm somebody in army would be upset and would feel offended about the article because of how everything is set up i get what the response is about that being said i think that the reaction to the billboard article is scary it's kind of scary because it was so widespread it touched every like every corner it wasn't just young armies it was old armies it was like armies verified armies journalists everybody had decided to buy into this narrative this narrative about this article including one of my idols, by the way. Lainey Gossip is one of my idols. I love her. I have respected her combination of pop culture and branding and business for years. She's amazing. Even her fell victim to the story that's not even true, nor does it exist within this article. Because here is the big thing that we need to talk about is asking bts a question that is something that people have been wondering for years behind their back and have been talking about it in blogs and it is a prevalent thought within the community is it xenophobic to ask bts to their face that question so that they can answer on the record and be done with it no no (laughs) it's not xenophobic it's how journalism works Ah! (laughs) like i just think that the anger about it is a little misplaced I think the article is is being used to represent a lot more than it actually does represent. And the reason, the big reason why this is, is because so much of this stuff is said behind BTS's back and in the corners. And it's in this article kind of puts it all out in the front and has people go on the record about it and really talks openly about what's being said. And I don't think that ARMY is used to that. And... I fully understand that. But again, the conversation around. So what's really startling about the conversation is that there was no distinction between this idea that this topic was being discussed versus this topic is being hurled as an accusation. And I've read that article more times than like so many fucking times and there is no accusation there it's just a presentation of a conversation that is being had and that is being addressed with bts as opposed to not being addressed and not you know what i mean so that is a little scary like now as i'm speaking about this like of course i'm in like my bad bitch era (laughs) i'm trying to be i still am going to have to worry about people coming after me for saying this in a way that i feel like is as nice as i possibly can (laughs) and as respectful as i possibly can it's still going to be a concern because like i said there is no real distinction within this community between what's offensive and what's a discussion point And again, that's a little scary. We also see how like what happened. So one of the things that I found that was really interesting as a phenomenon around this article was all the articles that sprung up as a result of it. And there was, of course, articles that were sort of really, you know, 
people who clearly wanted army clicks. But there was a lot of quotes from this piece that were really substantive. Like you, like I said, you got RM on the record saying that he only wants to, you know, do a stadium tour in America and that's it. You got V on the record saying that he has mood swings. You got on the record, we got, you know, information about their, the new passports that they get as a result of their designation information that we didn't know. Like a lot of like little pieces of information is of course the infamous big quote that everybody's talking about where he puts this argument to bed and goes on the record and so there's a lot of pieces that have sprung up that are results of this this article right and what's so interesting about there being pieces like this is that this never happens so whenever there's a major profile and you know people are trying to get tea from it for articles like korea boo or like teen vogue and all this stuff the quotes are always very soft and not a lot of substance because when bts goes on the record they do not give us a ton to work with and i know that because you know because nobody wants to ask them anything and i think people are doing a lot of references to you know the Weverse articles as giving insight, but it's still the insight that you, first of all, we don't like <laughs> the fat phobia and stuff that shows up in those Weverse articles. Like that's a whole nother story, but those articles, what they share is really within the realm of what the company is comfortable with us knowing. And that's not how it's supposed to work. We're supposed to get outside perspectives and so there's, it's very, it's just very rare that we get anything that is a good clip to use. And I think anybody, everybody would own that because historic, so because like two things are happening, right? So historically, people did not, oh, here we go. So one of the complaints that ARMY has is that BTS don't get asked real questions and for a huge chunk of time, it was because I don't think that people really cared and they weren't really putting the effort to learning more about them because of xenophobia. And then it turned into what was clearly a bit of a gag order, whether or not that gag order was coming from within the house, as far as like, you know, the, these companies usually give people a list of what they can and cannot ask. So if it was coming from there, if it was coming from, also, there's the fact that one of the ironic things about BTS becoming really famous now is with the exception of B, which they did not ne do nearly as much press about as they did for their American releases. They don't really have much to say about the American releases other than the big T, which is that they didn't really like want to do it, which is, again, something that we did not get them on the record about at all and so you have this thing where you have this article that is giving you the tea like really giving you the tea and nobody's talking about it because of this preoccupation with this offense quote unquote and I just think that that's interesting because like I said all these articles kind of came up with these quotes and they're probably like, thank God, they seem to have a real comfort with the interviewer. And so when they were talking to the interviewer, it just felt like they felt free to say a lot of stuff. And I think that that's notable too. But again, nobody really is noticing that aspect of it because of all this other stuff. It's not xenophobic to ask bts if they have chart manipulation can you argue that that conversation that is happening is xenophobic sure but journalists journalists ask questions they ask questions things that people were saying in response to this article just don't make sense i mean like even looking at again laney who's somebody that i worship Something that she literally said in her article was that Billboard is complaining about chart manipulation. That just didn't happen in the article. What happened was that there was like, is like, the, oh. <laughs> how is 
the present. This is what I'm talking. Okay, so one thing that I'm going to be, I'm working on this essay, how ARMY really moved through the world like a political group more than anything else. And one of the biggest similarities is the editorializing of facts to fit very specific narratives. And so you have a piece of information that's just there as a piece of information and you attach a story to it in order to fit your emotional response to that piece of information. So the piece of information that's in there that says that here is how people feel as though is the, here's what BTS's army does and people think that this is illegal or people think that this isn't right or that this is manipulation. Here's this argument that exists out there in respects to the billboard chart. We're a billboard. So here's what people have been saying. This is probably what we've heard. This is what's out there in regards to Butter's dominance for nine weeks. Here's what it is. There was, there was no point in the article in which he said, hey, what the fuck, right? BTS is out here doing this. In fact, it's the opposite. What they did was that they said that like, you know, here's what the presentation is. By the way, everybody does this, but ARMY is the best at it because there are more of them and because K-pop is a place in which people really care about their the success of people and so they really prop them up. So again, Lainey saying that, you know, Billboard was complaining about something. It's just a complete, it's completely false. There is another part, again, I keep talking about this Lainey article, <laughs> but I think, I think it's because she's, I feel like the gold standard as far as like, you know, being able to look at this stuff and the fact that she wasn't, I think is notable. She goes, at one point he says that he doesn't want, basically referring to his quotes about having wanting to have nothing to do with the the West other than to do stadium tours and stuff like that. And so she said that that was because, he said that because he had a bad taste in his mouth from being asked the question. Girl, what the fuck? <laughs> what in the actual fuck where (laughs) if it sounds like I'm having a breakdown it's because I am no I'm fine I'm fine I just think it's just wild to be on the other end of all this it really is and again it's something that a lot of these small these political groups do it's like you said, like like adding personality and editorializing facts to like fit your narrative. And the fact that it's happening within a community that I'm a part of is very uncomfortable as somebody who likes to consider themselves somebody who is not just a liberal, but somebody who really believes in facts and science and really thinking logically about these things, even as somebody who is, I would consider myself a strategist and stuff like that. The mismanagement of of the thoughts in these articles and oh my god and then a couple minutes ago because you know Jimin was like oh I got the COVID vaccine and somebody was like oh my gosh this makes me so mad again because I read that article and wasn't he complaining about the COVID vaccine that's not what that's not what it says (sighs) that's not what it says so yeah, that's how I feel about it. And again, like I said, I have a lot of sympathy for the knee-jerk reaction. I just wish that there was more nuance and and it just like set, sets some scary precedents because basically it says that like you can't cover BTS. And despite what people say and they're like, yeah, but like he was a biased journalist and yeah, he should have like said it like this. If he would have included this, it would have been more fair. It would have been that. That's not true. It's just bullshit. Army would have reacted to reacted to that article that way, even if he wrote it perfectly. And and we know that. Like I like and we know that that's true. And so that kind of like and so this really closes the door on any critical discourse around BTS, which is fucking scary. People, artists are asked about shit they don't want to be asked about all the time. Do you think that Megan wanted to be asked about getting shot in the foot? No. 
Do you think that Nikki wants to be asked if she writes her rap? Do you think Cardi B wants to be asked about all this other shit? No. <laughs> Nobody wants, like, this idea that BTS only gets questions that they like. Are, are we hearing ourselves? Are we fucking hearing ourselves? And as far as the box set, I totally concede that point that, like, you know, if ARMY doesn't want to buy the set, they don't have to buy it because they don't like the article. I do question, again, it gets really slippery when we talk about like what we're allowed to say in order for ARMY to buy things. But <laughs> I think it's it's hard because of BTS is so popular and because ARMY, they've seen other magazines buy up their issues and stuff like that. People want to package up are like package things up for army right magazines are in trouble so bts has really revitalized the magazine era and i think in a lot of different ways because people buy their stuff and so the question of like if you are especially a magazine that you know wants to do profiles on people or do articles on people does that mean that you can't touch certain topics if you want to sell magazines that's fucking scary too (laughs) i don't know like because i remember back in the day you know i love profiles and so you would have profiles that would really unpack people and you would still buy them I I guess that's wrong. I could t- like this this point specifically is I think more complicated than it even sounds around leaning into specific messages to satisfy an audience for capitalism is <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so fucked. That's what I think. I just think it's it's absurd. I'm just one person with one opinion. Obviously, I'm very much in the minority. Like, I've never been so much in the minority of a conversation in my life. Well, that's not true. So, you know, I can be wrong. And it is what it is. People are going to believe what they're going to believe. And the world is going to keep spinning. But that is my perspective on it. Okay, so I kind of went through the article and pointed out a lot of quotes and talked about them, but it was another 30 minutes of podcast, and I didn't want to put that all here. So it's going up as an OnlyFans this Friday. Uh, you'll have like my thoughts on a lot of the different quotes if you would like to read them. Uh, so that's going to be going on the OnlyFans. I was going to put them here, but it just was like another 30 minutes and want to keep it light and tight around here. So that's what we're going to be doing about that. <laughs> Okay, so I think that's it for this podcast. This one's kind of a short episode. I think it would have been much longer if I would have added all of those all of those quotes, but I decided not to. Uh, some church announcements. I'm going to be hiring people to help me with grown-ass fandom. It's a part of my baddie revelation. So I'm looking for a community manager for Discord, and I'm looking for someone who can help me with social media. I think I'm going to start filming the podcast, and I want to cut them up and share them like Dive Studio. So I'm looking for somebody who can help me with that. And so if you're interested in that, reach out to me via what? Where should you reach out to me via? Maybe speak pipe speaker pipe speak pipe or twitter hey shanae or tiktok uh so reach out to me if you're interested in that uh if you want to join the patreon and support me getting help <laughs> helping with everything you can patreon.com slash grown ass fandom i really appreciate the support it's been a rough month on patreon <laughs> there's a couple things that are coming up And then on Discord, lots of planning and organizing happening around there. And as you heard, I'm looking for a community manager to help me with it, just so I could take everything over and expand and all that good stuff. Thank you guys for supporting me. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. And make sure you review uh, five stars five stars please (laughs) i think my reviews have taken a hit from my controversial topics and share with your friend and i will talk to you next week bye
I'm a hater.